Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Firefly Willows L-I-V-E presents Two Owls Having a Hoot. Featuring your host, Mildred Lynn McDonald. Delve into the mysteries of ancient wisdom, explore the healing capabilities of energy medicine, and bridge the gap between the seen and the unseen. Get ready to challenge your six senses. Shift your perspective. Learn new energy healing tools and connect the dots between the old, the new, and everything in between. Tune in to Two Owls Having a Hoot for stimulating conversations steeped in boundless curiosity and divine wonder. Airs the first Thursday of the month at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Hello, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Two Owls Having a Hoot. I'm here in Sebastopol, California. It's a beautiful day. Joining me from Nova Scotia, is my co-host, Madonna McGinnis. Today, we'll be talking about trust. Madonna found a really interesting article in Psychology Today, and she's going to read a little bit of what really hit her, and then we're going to bounce the ball back and forth based on this article. So, Madonna, go ahead. When I started thinking about trust, I naturally gravitated to how we trust others. And then I started thinking about the trust that we have in ourselves for the things we do and think about. And I started doing what I love to do, researching and reading. One article that I found really, really stuck with me. Not trusting ourselves is a hallmark of addiction. Madonna, when you're saying addiction, you're talking about not necessarily drug and alcohol addiction. You can be addicted to a behavior or mindset. It would be something that fills that hole. Absolutely. And I think that the addiction of always pulling back, second-guessing myself, telling myself that, no, that's not possible, or going so far with something, say, starting to work on creating a new business, or starting to create a blog, say, and getting so far and just not even being conscious, just not continuing through with the work and putting it to the side and then eight months later going, oh, okay, here I go again. I'm not attending to myself. I'm not trusting that I can do this, that I need to continue to follow through on these intuitive feelings. So it sounds like you start to trust your voice, your intuitive voice, the inner voice. And then somehow, as you're trusting it, other thought patterns are coming in to undermine it or create self-doubt. And enough of that builds up on the path. And then the inner voice or the trust diminishes. And you end up in a spot where you don't want to be. 
then this would happen again and again and again. Yes, and I think that the root cause is our culture. Our culture is one that's based on that analytical thinking process where we look at an idea and we are told to keep the heart out of it, to keep the soul out of any thinking or analysis of that idea. So it all happens in the head. So that mind-body connection is cut off. I think that in itself is an addiction. It's an addiction to an old model that I'm very confident does not work for me, never has worked for me. When I have followed that old model, that's when I get into that pathway of starting to create, pull back, and cause myself great disappointment. I hear what you're saying because when you are in your heart and you're trusting your inner voice, your inner voice and your heart does not necessarily exist in the land of time and space. So it doesn't necessarily follow the rules of logic. So if we in a culture are trying to apply logic as an umbrella over our heart and our intuition, we won't get very far. And I would say you probably get quite confused. So then we would automatically, by default, go back to what society respects and facilitates and supports, which would be climbing back into your head. And then you have that disconnect. Exactly. And there's a lot of pressure, right, in our society from family, from friends. So when you find yourself maybe starting to explore a path, explore an idea that maybe is rather foreign to anything you've acted upon in your life or that you've created in your life, and you have to deal with judgment from your family and from your friends. So fear sets in and second-guessing, self-doubt. So if you're starting to create that mind-body connection, that heart-to-mind, I find I cut it off immediately and I go back to my mind, my brain, and I thought, okay, people are right. Why am I doing this? This is crazy. For me, it happens over and over again. It's a constant, it's been a constant struggle for me to stay on that path of where is it I want to be? What is it I want to create? I found that I started to look at life in terms of how it made me feel. And I really wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel happy. I wanted to feel fulfilled. And as I focused on those feelings, I realized that living in a culturally based or acceptable life just simply wasn't for me. It wasn't how I was built. So if our listeners really identifying with what Madonna and I are sharing, what I'd like to suggest for your consideration is to start to identify how decisions, how relationships, how thought patterns make you feel. Identify three. Mine were happiness, I wanted to feel fulfilled, I wanted to feel centered. And if you use your own three feelings as a barometer as you go through life, I would say you're going to start inviting in a different perspective. 
not only inviting in a different perspective, but you will start to gain appreciation and confidence in your intuition and your heart. Have you ever tried that, Madonna? Well, you're a little bit more evolved than I am, Mildred. I don't think so. so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know so. Uh, I've known you long enough. I appreciate that this is a practice of your daily life, and it's a practice that I maintain every now and again and not on a daily basis. I agree. How do I want to feel in my life? And how do I want to create? And what kind of environment do I want to live in to stay focused? So I found a great exercise when I was reading that practice of establishing trust in ourselves. The idea is to pick one area that you tend to second-guess yourself, okay? So say you have an intuitive that, we'll keep it simple, that you should be eating kale at least three times a week, and you should be doing this and should be improving your diet. Well, to bring it back down to that tiny, tiny spot where, okay, I can manage eating kale once a week, and then I can manage eating kale twice a week and how that makes me feel I keep that promise to myself maybe in a month I'm ready to act on another promise to myself and then you see the outcome of keeping that promise to yourself and I think that once we start to see that outcome once we start to see how our intuition our understanding of what we need for our lives starts to manifest and as you said say yourself those tiny moments of awareness when things really do start to shift Mildred and it's walking away from neglecting ourselves because I think that when we don't trust we really are in a state of neglecting ourselves I agree, Madonna. And the other thing I wanted to mention, and this is based on my experience, and that's pretty well only what I can go by and offer is what I've experienced myself. I've noticed that as people clue into using their intuition and following their heart, they sometimes get discouraged early on because they have an expectation that somehow magically things are going to start to happen in their lives. They feel or they think would be more accurate, now that I have this new perspective and I've connected the dots, when I start applying this, I'm going to have miraculous results immediately. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful if that happened for everybody? But it doesn't happen for everybody. And if you do get a miraculous result, it's usually one miraculous result, and you have like seven others in the funnel that you expect that you will get miraculous results from. So where am I going with this? You have to make a practice out of following your intuition and following your heart. It's like anything else. The more you do it, the more skilled you become, and the more it becomes like second nature. So for myself, one tool that I use is in the morning and in the evening, at dawn and at dusk, I do a visualization which is what appeals to me and how I'm made. And I use that to center myself and create anchor points. If I did not do that twice a day, 
I believe and I feel that I would be neglecting myself, to use your word, Madonna, and I would not be arming myself with the energetic matrix, so to speak, that I would need to walk through the day in a good way. The more you follow your heart, the more you trust your intuition, you're going to shift, you're going to start to show up differently, and then other people will start to show up differently and life will show up differently for you. And the other funny little thing that happens is that you become heart and intuition centered, which means a lot of the material world, the need to be in that revolving door that keeps revolving forever, that need to binge on stuff or measure yourself against other people, that all goes away. Because really what you're doing you are connected with your heart, you're connected with your intuition, and that is connected with your life purpose. So that's a little bit of living and learning that I've experienced, Madonna. Anything like that happen with you? I absolutely agree, Mildred, on the visualization. As you know, I've been making big life changes. It started last spring. I left a very exciting job out west and made the decision that it was time that I needed to make a change. I really didn't see the picture yet. I just knew intuitively that it was time to leave, that it was time to move back east. And it's been a real struggle because I really realized that I got myself into that analytical headspace for several, several months. And it wasn't until post-Christmas that I took the opportunity to just be quiet, not talk on the phone, not go wandering in shopping malls, whatever. And I started to see the movie of what I wanted my life to look like from now on. I actually started to see that visual creation that was coming my way. It was such a wonderful, peaceful feeling. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like it before. And so the trust in place that I'm going to next, the trust in the people in that place is significant for me. I am happy and willing to create and to work really hard at keeping the analysis out of this movie. And it's really working for me. So would you say that you're exploring leading with your heart and not your head? And that would mean that your intelligence and your head and your mind is a tool that your heart and your intuition would use. Absolutely. My head can use my life experience, my business experience to come in and say, okay, because I found myself doing this last week, you know, the idea has many layers, right? And it's just all of a sudden very big. And I'm going to do this and this and this. And then I heard my head asking the question. So you are one person. How are you going to do all of this at the get go? Is it time maybe to examine what it is possible for one human being to do without exhausting yourself, without going beyond where you need to go? So that was an interesting experience as well, Mildred, to see that exchange between the heart and the head happen and to say, yes, okay, I need to pull back on this. I need to continue to follow my intuition, but 
what is possible within a beautiful frame, within a frame that is supportive to me. I always joke and say, my heart and my head are in two different time zones. One thing I had to learn how to do is identify and follow and nourish and honor my individual or unique heartbeat. And what that meant is bringing the head and the heart into the same time zone, which was quite funny, actually, because <laughs> I, had, I had a few hits and I had a few misses. It was a revelation to me when I realized that the head goes at one speed and the heart goes at another speed. And if you want a sense of fulfillment, a deep sense of fulfillment, and something that's nourishing and sustainable, the heart needs to lead the way. I'm not talking about to heck with the head, to heck with reality, to heck with whatever, and I'm just going to go jump on a horse and follow my passion because... That's a luxury that many people don't have in their lives. You do have to go through stages where you have that feeling, but you also have to realize that people have to clean their own rice bowl, and we do live in community, and we need to be responsible and accountable. So, Madonna, you shared with me that you found this really neat quote. What's the quote? I was reading Gary Sukov. He wrote The Seed of the Soul many, many years ago. And got a chapter on trust. His understanding of trust is really trusting in the universe, trusting in spirit, in God, whatever your belief is, that if you ask for guidance and assistance, then that guidance will come. So he's got a great quote, take your hands off the steering wheel. And that really resonated with me, Mildred, because, again, when we're trying to nurture our intuitive selves to trust what messages we're receiving, our head comes into the picture and takes the steering wheel from us and doesn't allow us to just fall back into the experience that we're having with our intuition, with trusting our heart to allow us to flow into those new ideas, those new experiences. And I, I just love that quote. Do you feel that sometimes if you're following your heart and you're going on your way, that you may judge the experience or what your heart is saying? I've run into that because in society, money is valued, status is valued, other things are valued. And that might not be what's valued by your heart or may not be what your intuition is telling you to do. So you need to go through a whole exercise of looking at what's in your life and reassigning value to that based on what your heart is telling you. That may be a good dovetail fit with society or it may not be. It may be a dovetail fit with your family. It may not be. It may be a dovetail fit with community. It may not be. So when you're clear on that, when you're clear on the value system that you're putting in place, you do develop an opportunity to redefine family, redefine community, redefine society, and go out and seek like-minded people. Have you experienced that? Because I know I have. 
Well, it's judgment with a capital J, right? And sometimes it is judgment from family and friends. The judgment that we bring into our hearts and we expand back out into ourselves. I absolutely agree and I think that one of the issues when you do start on this path of experiencing your intuition, your heart self, I think that you quite possibly may come up against judgment from family and friends and you may find yourself having to back away from those exchanges, especially with family. I've had to do that because a lack of understanding or fear or, you know, family members who don't allow themselves ever that experience of connecting with their heart selves. You know, we come up against terms like family of origin, which may not serve this purpose and it may depending depending on the people making up your family of origin it may all work for me it kind of half works some of its fear from them and some of its absolute no belief in my ability to intuitive a path for myself so it has definitely been my experience and continuing to be my experience which is not easy I'll tell you we're sharing about leading with the heart, using the head as a tool. And what it comes down to is, okay, I buy into this. Now, how do I make it happen on a daily basis? What practice or discipline can I put in place to support me as I attempt to walk this path? And so we're going to invite High C. Lutimers to part two on trust. And High C is very well-skilled, very practical, very insightful in the art of creating rituals. My daily ritual, I had mentioned it earlier, is having the visualization in the morning and in the evening. High C is an encyclopedia, a fountain. So what Madonna and I are hoping is by tapping into High C's knowledge and wisdom, he will be able to provide a number of suggestions, ideas, tips for your consideration that you can easily plug in that will help you tap into your intuition, tap into your heart, sustain it, value it, feel fulfilled, feel happy, feel balanced, and feel centered. Do you have anything to add there, Madonna? I think it will be a really fun show. I think it's absolutely necessary to have some kind of ritual. For me, the rituals, I draw a card. I draw an oracle card every morning, and I ask the question, what information can I get that will give me an outstanding day? It's always right on for me. And hi, C. We both know him well, and he will be a fount of information and lots of fun as well, Mildred. We're going to do part two trust. We hope that you enjoyed part one with Madonna and myself. We're going to sign off for now. You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot. And I also would like to mention that if you find that what we're talking about today hits home, is really useful for you, please feel free to play the podcast again. We're available on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And you can also share the link with other people. 
We're here to help. We're here to share. We're here to have a few laughs. And we're two owls having a hoot. Enjoy the day. Tune in to Two Owls Having a Hoot for stimulating conversations steeped in boundless curiosity and divine wonder. Airs the first Thursday of the month at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lizney. Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.